It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. I'm Brett Baer. I'm Maria Bartiromo. I'm Brian Kilmeade, and this is the Fox News Rundown. Monday, June 27th, 2022. I'm Mike Emanuel. The Supreme Court is due to issue rulings this week on issues ranging from immigration to environmental regulation to religious liberty. But first, it ruled on the emotionally charged issue of abortion. Tennessee Republican Senator Bill Haggerty notes it is now up to the individual states. That's the result you're going to see around the country, is every legislature is going to have its own perspective on this. They represent the people of their state. I'm Chris Foster. Jason Jeff Robertson from Duck Dynasty go treasure hunting in their new show on Fox Nation. If we find something great, but I want it to be fun and I want it to be historical, have a history aspect to it. But at the end, we want it to really be about treasures that are not found in the ground, which is more the character qualities of people and the relationships and this kind of thing. And I'm Robert Jeffress. I've got the final word on the Fox News Rundown. With inflation at a 40-year high with no end in sight, there's an effort in Washington to explain who is to blame. President Biden and his administration have suggested Russia's invasion of Ukraine has ignited inflation. Jared Bernstein from the White House Council of Economic Advisors offered this assessment. I think inflation really has three causes. Um, Strong demand, constrained supply, and both of those were there uh, before uh, Ukraine, and then the war in Ukraine. And I think if you look at the incremental increase in inflation, by now, Every forecast I've seen, and I believe those forecasts would have been correct, had inflation coming down significantly off its peak, but for the war in Ukraine. But Fed Chairman Jerome Powell did not stay on script after this question from Tennessee Republican Senator Bill Haggerty. Would you say that the war in Ukraine is the primary driver of inflation in America? No, inflation was high before, certainly before the uh war in Ukraine broke out. In late June, the other huge newsmaker every year is the United States Supreme Court, with more rulings expected as soon as today. The high court issued a seismic ruling Friday on the issue of abortion. South Carolina Republican Senator Lindsey Graham offered this take on Fox News Sunday. Now what this court has done is taken us back to pre-1973 where each state can decide through their elected officials when life begins and how to treat, uh, treat life. While abortion law will vary based on your state, what's unclear is the political impact this highly charged issue will have in November's midterm elections. I think the impact of anything is going to be positive for Republicans, Mike. The rhetoric coming from the Democrat Party is just shocking. Senator Bill Haggerty represents Tennessee in the United States Senate. They're talking about, quote, a right to have abortions all the way up till the point of birth. We've we've heard Democrats articulate some of the most, you know, extreme positions possible. They're trying to act as though some sort of right has been taken away. There's no right to an abortion in the Constitution. There's no right to privacy enumerated in the Constitution. What this does is it puts it back to the states where elected representatives can take this up, and it takes it out of the hands of nine unelected justices. So I think the appropriate decision was reached. I think most of America will see that. I think we're going to wind up uh, in a a far better place. But as it relates to the elections, 
I think this is only going to play positive, particularly as the Democrats continue to act in such an extreme manner regarding this decision. Your state, the great state of Tennessee, has a trigger law that goes into effect 30 days after the Supreme Court decision. Um, anyone who provides or attempts to provide an abortion will be charged with a Class C felony. Your thoughts on this law? Well, that's the state legislature of Tennessee speaking. And, um, you know, that's the result you're going to see around the country, is every legislature is going to have its own perspective on this. They represent the people of their state. In this case, this is the will of the people of Tennessee. So uh, I'm supportive of it, and I'm glad to see it getting back to the hands of the representatives and those who have been elected by the people. Are you pleased that the protests we saw outside the homes of conservative justices really didn't have an impact? I am. I very much uh, appreciate the fact that the justices did not cave in to the obvious attempts at intimidation. Um, I actually put in place, along with Senator Mark Warner, a Democrat from Virginia, bipartisan legislation to step up protection, provide emergency fundings to protect the justices through this. It passed the Senate unanimously, but regrettably, mm-hmm. the Democrats in the House of Representatives took that down. They didn't allow it. I'm hopeful it will put it in place, but emergency funding is needed. The amount of security required for the justices has stepped up considerably, and I was frankly quite shocked to see the Democrats uh, ignore this legislation before they retired for a two-week break. We've seen some protests related to the Supreme Court on abortion since the uh, decision was announced. Was it a little milder than perhaps it could have been because we had a preview because somebody actually leaked the document a few months ahead of time? You know, I haven't assessed that, Mike. There are a great number of threats. The night of rage was you know, suggested. There were posters all over Washington, D.C., There are a number of protests, and frankly, there has been violence uh, underway against those operations that provide services to mothers who are trying to deal with crisis pregnancies. You know, I've been very disappointed in all of this behavior, but I'm hopeful that it doesn't escalate any further. I hope that this actually does temper itself as people have an opportunity to discuss it rather than to just go out and act in a violent manner. The leak, though, I think had a much deeper and and more nefarious intent. Um, Mm -hmm. One, it's destroyed the decorum in the Supreme Court. That's clear. But two, it was leaked, I think, just so the intimidation tactics that we saw could be launched. And uh, it certainly did follow through in that manner. Last one on this topic. How much credit does former President Trump deserve? Well, he's the one that put the three conservative justices on the Supreme Court who pledged that they would actually abide by the Constitution, not legislate from the bench, but they would interpret the Constitution as it was written. And President Trump was the very first president to actually put forward a list of the candidates that he would look at and select justices from that list. No other president has ever done that. The American people had a clear view of what they were getting by electing and by voting for President Donald Trump, and he delivered. Okay, let's shift to pocketbook issues. You had an interesting moment this past week with Fed Chairman Jerome Powell. You asked him, would you say that the war in Ukraine is the primary driver of inflation in America? And Powell said, no, inflation was high before, certainly before the war in Ukraine broke out. What did you think when you heard that answer? Were you impressed that he didn't try to spin you? I I appreciated him giving me an honest answer. That was the only answer that he could have given But I think all of us are very tired of hearing the White House continually deflect and spin and not take accountability for what they've done. And this this whole notion of, quote, Putin's price hike is just another contrived White House press office gimmick to try to deflect attention of the American public. If you look at the numbers, January 2021, when Joe Biden came into office, inflation was at one point four percent. 
by December of his first year, by December of 2021, it was already at seven. It's the product of Joe Biden's policies. That's the product of the Democrat completely partisan uh, stimulus package they put in place in March without a single Republican vote. This is a product of their policies. So Joe Biden certainly deserves full credit for the first move from 1.4 to 7. And I think Jay Powell had no no option other than to just answer that truthfully. Americans know this, but to hear the number one voice in our economy speak in that manner, I think, put a pin and the lies and the falsehoods coming out of the White House about responsibility for this. You said last week you have been sorely disappointed that an economist like Janet Yellen would not have been able to dissuade such reckless policies whose effects are hurting Americans' livelihoods. When do you think Yellen should have stepped in when things were getting out of control? Well, I I think that uh, she should have stepped in far earlier in the spring of 2021. I talked about this with uh, Chairman Powell at that point in time. They should have begun to unravel that balance sheet at that point. The Fed should have begun to make you know those sorts of moves. Janet Yellen understands how the Fed works, given her history. Uh, she could have taken a much stronger position in the Treasury. She should be the voice on our economy, and she should have been pushing back against the stimulus package that the Democrats ramrodded through, and she should be pushing back against the extremely reckless policy that the Biden administration is taking on energy, because that's one of the core drivers of inflation in our economy today is the war that Biden has waged on the American energy industry. And that's driving, you know, gas prices that we see at the pump, diesel prices. So that is one of the core causes of inflation. And Janet Yellen should have been a much stronger voice on this. I'm sure you're getting this question from constituents back home in Tennessee. When does this all end in terms of this inflation that's hurting every single American constituent? Well, Mike, it doesn't seem to be ending anytime soon, because if you look below the 8.6% inflation that was just posted, if you look at it month over month or quarter over quarter, it's still accelerating. We've got to put policies in place right now that begin to bring this down. I know the Fed is taking its move to raise rates. They're going to be working on their balance sheet, but it's the fiscal policies of the Biden administration that are making it so difficult for anything that the Fed does to work. And if you look at it from a regulatory standpoint, the Biden administration is imposing more regulations, again, driving up the cost to do business, compressing supply at every level, particularly the energy industry. We all feel that. But when the Biden administration tries to compress supply, constrain supply, the only way, unless demand is you know, absolutely crushed at the same time, the only thing that happens is prices go up. And that's exactly what we're seeing. And until they get off of their regulatory bent, the war not only on energy, but just American industry overall, we're going to continue to see these upward pressures on prices. Food prices up 10 percent, some items even more than that. Gasoline up nearly 50 percent compared to last year, according to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics. Some economists are saying, ah, don't worry, the economy should slow soon and we should see some relief. Do you worry that uh, we're we're heading for a recession? You know, I I talked about this with Chairman Powell. He's, I think, extremely concerned about it, and he's going to be trying to walk a very fine line. The sad point is that We wouldn't be talking about a recession at all if Joe Biden would step back again from these reckless policies. And I I would start with energy. He needs to allow the American energy industry to get back into business, to start drilling again. That would have an immediate impact of lowering energy prices around the world. And not only would it help inflation here in America, but it would bring down the price of oil on a global basis. That would defund Putin's war machine. And any impact that we're seeing based on the war in Ukraine would also be mitigated if Putin can no longer afford to fight that fight. So, you know, that's also pressure on food prices. That's also pressure on energy. All of that could be abated if Biden would just step away from this theology on green energy and climate and look at a more practical approach to our economy. 
Are you struck that the initial blame at the White House was Vladimir Putin and then it became big oil, you know, in its greed, uh, in their view? Um, wouldn't you need the oil companies really on your side? And wouldn't it be more appropriate to put your arms around the oil execs and say, like, we're in this together. Let's do it. I would have thought so, but they've articulated a strategy that gets us off of fossil fuels by 2030. That's eight years. Well, the investments that these major oil companies need to make are generally long-term investments that require billions of dollars, and they've been frozen into a position where they can no longer commit capital. You know, Biden's complaining about this, but until he takes his foot off the throat of the American industry. We're going to continue to see them very reluctant to invest further. We're going to continue to see constraints on supply. And then if he's got an EPA that's going to go in and do what they've done on the refineries, they've gone in and retroactively taken away the small refinery exemptions that President Trump put in place back in 2018. They've imposed multi-billion dollar fines in arrears on these refineries. Some of these refineries are just going to go out of business rather than try to continue to operate under the, under the new rules. We spoke at the top briefly about midterm elections. In your view, how critical is it for Republicans to take back the Senate and the House? And what would that mean? What would be the practical impact in terms of oversight on the Biden administration? Well, the fact is right now the Biden administration has no oversight, and that's the folly that we've seen here. And if you put Republicans in charge of the House and Senate, which I have a very strong feeling that that's exactly what the American public is going to do, we're going to be in a position to push back on this. We have oversight authority at that point. We can call hearings. We can get to the bottom of some of these flawed decisions, these executive orders. I mean, this administration is operating well beyond the Constitution, well beyond its remit. And right now, the Congress is allowing it to happen because Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer control them. Senator Bill Haggerty of the great state of Tennessee, thank you so much for your time, sir. Safe travels and have a great week. Mike, always great to be with you. Thank you. All the best. Cudlow on Fox Business is now on the go for podcast fans. Get key interviews with the biggest business newsmakers of the day. The Cudlow Podcast will be available on the go after the show every weekday at foxbusinesspodcasts.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. This is Robert Jeffress with your Fox News commentary. Coming up... The Duck Dynasty guys have been on TV for 10 years now with a show about their family business and love for each other most of the time. The Robertsons still sell duck calls, clothes, and gear. In their new show on Fox Nation, though, they're hunting not ducks, but buried treasure. Finding a fruit jar full of gold in a 200-acre property is a hard task. This is like finding one particular hair on my body. Because <laughs> I'm hairy. It's called Duck Family Treasure, starring Jeff Robertson and his brother Jace. Well, the premise of the show started when uh, we do a podcast and I got into a hobby, which was metal detecting. All 10 episodes are streaming on Fox Nation now. And one of the other guys on the show, Murray Crowe, who is like the historical expert who's been metal detecting most of his, his own life, he got me involved into it. He's an old family friend? Well, he is. My dad actually brought him to the Lord, and uh, we made duck calls for years. Well, he was the guy who invented putting wings on the spinning wing decoy. It was called a mojo. Mm-hmm. So that was the connection he, in the duck hunting world. And uh, and obviously, he's a pretty smart guy if he came up with that. But on the podcast, I was Jep came on it one day, and we were we were just discussing 
what we've been finding, our treasures. And mm. my cousin, who's the producer of the podcast, he uh, he said, well, y'all need to do a TV show about this. And so I said, well, if the people out there that listen to us, if they think it's a good idea, I'll do it. And so we just threw it out there. <laughs> I gave out his social media. And I think they said the first hour after the show was out, over 70,000 people said, please do a show about this. It's interesting. <laughs> so I guess the premise would be a family hobby that just turned into a TV show. So, Jeb, you weren't into it at first, right? You kind of came to it and then no, got hooked. I thought metal detecting. I was like, dude, that's what old fat guys do at the beach. Like, yeah. That's not my thing. And um, Not that there's anything wrong with that. Not that there's anything wrong with that, and I, I could use the exercise for sure. I know a couple um, of those guys, the fat guys in the beach with the metal detectors. But, I, but Jay's got me into it and said, man, come to my, he bought this old place in Louisiana and I found an old penny from 1888 that I'm like having a case now <laughs> <laughs> Once I found one awesome thing, I was like, this is cool. Like, where did this come from? Who had this? It, it became about the history. Like, you can find a lot of cool stuff doing this. You've kind of aged up on TV. I mean, you're we, we people did. have watched you go from, whatever, middle adulthood into middle age, yeah. right? I mean, do you ever catch an old episode in a rerun and be like, oh, look at that. That wasn't as gray. Yeah, oh yeah, I do. And cuz people they'll like bring a picture and they'll say sign this and I'm like, well, that doesn't even look like me anymore. It's <laughs> like my son. <laughs> well, I'm getting a lot of people saying now I look like Willie and I do. I don't know what happened, yeah, but that's I, I've gained some weight. My yeah. beard's super gray now, so I mean, it happens. You know, my dad started all this when he just kind of, he was trying to get his life right and so he moved down to the river where we were all raised. And he had two master's degree, highly educated. He had the athleticism of an NFL quarterback, which he turned down because they play football during duck season. <laughs> and he just let his hair grow out. He's like, I'm going to live off the land. And so we all did that. You know, we were old enough to let our beards grow every hunting season. And it was just kind of something we did as part of hunting season. We just like, we're out here because it actually helps you. I mean, it keeps your face warm. Yeah, sure. It's good camera flies and so we've been doing that since i was old enough to grow a beard uh uncle Sai is kind of a, a, a biggish character in the show what's his deal he's interesting he's a, he's a funny guy <laughs> well supposedly he's the brains in his mind he thinks he's like running he everything. He, he, he really does which we don't think it yeah but he's so fun to hang out with honestly i just wanted him to be a part of the show so we could just hang out and yeah, laugh together that's true i went to Sai, and he's like i mean because Sai, look He's made a lot of money, but Sai gives away a lot of his money to very good project. He is very, people don't know this about him, so I'm giving you an inside scoop. And so it's not like his quest for money, because on the show, he's the driving force of let's make some money. You know, and at first, our, some of our followers are like, why is Sai so hung up on that? Well, trust me, he's doing good things with it. Yeah. But, it was an incentive, you know, to be honest, just to keep him alive. He's really old. He's not in the greatest of health. And so what we decided to do, part of the show you'll see, is we have a podcast. Because Sai has a podcast. We have a podcast. Well, then we have a podcast for the show that we run on both of our podcasts, right. which is complicated, but it's fun. But it keeps Sai in the air condition. And all these people who write in with all these fantastical treasure stories, we let Sai go through them. 
and he picks out the places we go. And that's actually, when you see the episodes and the places we go, they came from letters of people that send in. Well, he thinks he's in charge, kind of the Bosley to the Charlie's (laughs) Charlie's Angels. And uh, I think it's been fun for him. He he enjoys it. He calls and checks in, sees how, how we're doing. And the few times we found something really spectacular, because we do have some spectacular finds on some of the episodes, he is so excited. It, it made it all worth it for us. And, well, and this isn't like some of these other, some of the, some of the shows, Oak Island, for example, where uh, they look and look and look and look and look and audience get teased, 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 and then nothing. You guys actually do find stuff. I, I don't want to give a, there's, well, ten, there's 10 episodes, I don't want to give it all away, but yeah. talk about a couple things you look for and found. Well, I will say this, though, and th- this is what's all ironic about our show i when we got together to do the show and i was fortunate enough to be one of the executive producers and i we had a big fight before this ever started i said we are not going to make this show about what we find i said because if we do we're setting ourselves up for failure and we're competing with everybody else i said we're going to make it about the journey yeah if we find something great but i want it to be fun and i want it to be historical have a history aspect to it but at the end we want it to really be about treasures that are not found in the ground which is more the character qualities of people and the relationships and this kind of thing however it would be nice if we found something and we really did we found something without giving it away that is roughly a thousand years old yes that was incredible like Lifetime find. Yeah. We found something worth, if you want to put a monetary value, we found something worth over $50,000. I don't want to give it away. There's 10 episodes. They're all out now. But you're right. I guess if, if you take these trips, say, okay, let's go here and look for stuff. And then if you don't find anything, what are you going to waste everybody's time and money? You're still going to make an episode of it. So the show just can't be about what you find well, exactly. unless 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 yeah. it's unless it's fake, which it's not. Yeah. And look, that came from our spiritual uh, <laughs> our spiritual. I, there's a lot in the Bible about treasure hunting. And in fact, Luke chapter 15, there's three stories where. You know, Jesus was, because they were giving him a hard time, the religious people, because he was eating with tax collectors and sinners. And so he tells three stories about the whole purpose for him being here was to seek out, you know, every human and everyone's valuable. Well, one of the stories he tells in the middle of that is like a woman finding a lost coin. Does she not call her neighbors when she finds it and have a celebration and joy? And so the more I read all that, I thought, if the creator of the universe is using metal detecting as a way to bring joy to family and people, I was like, maybe I should try that. And so we tried to have these spiritual qualities because we're not ashamed of our faith at all. And we love our family and and the friends that we met, these people that the property that they let us use, they became our friends in real life. Every one of them. In fact, when the show debuted, I think I had a message from every person I did too. <laughs> where we went, they oh, said cool. that turned out great. <laughs> so that's it became a you know something bigger than a TV show. I think even the crew, I felt after about the third episode, they bought into what we're doing. I mean, even though look, this is as unscripted as it gets, and it's frustrating when you're not sure where we're going or what we're doing exactly. But the crew bought into it, and uh, it was fun. I think everybody felt like this was something that would inspire people and make the world a better place. And it's just, it's fun. Yeah. Uh, a lot of these shows really are, I mean, you, you have to hit certain beats. You can't just, I guess you could just watch people hanging out for a half hour at a clip. It might be kind of a yeah. good time. But you do want to hit, you know, little points, and you've got to edit that together. But 
a lot of these shows are really a lot faker than people know. Yeah, right. I, I was telling you before, we uh, we do what we, we call them skits, like the opening scene to the first episode. It was a skit because we weren't really sure what we were going to do or how the show, yeah. but you know, when, when you're, digging a, you're digging a hole in your yard, we're digging a hole in the yard. So what happened was I did that for real. Mm-hmm. And my wife came out and instead of chewing me out, she just had tears in her eyes because <laughs> there was a wedding fix to take place. Oh, but I had found the privy, the old, what we would call the garbage dump from 150 years ago at this house. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I had a five foot hole dug there. And she was just in tears because <laughs> people were showing up. So, so you uh, recreated that. And it was we funny. recreated that. But I, those are rare. Uh, some of the scenes with Sai, and, and people know that, okay, this is kind of based on a true story. But the actual hunts, we basically showed up there, and Jeff and I and Murray, we would hunt from daylight till dark. We hunted hard. Every it's, day. It's hard. You get out yeah. there and spend 12 hours a day digging holes and... And, concentra- and concentrating, too. Oh, my goodness. Like, so, it was... So, whenever we would find something, you know, we would holler at the cameraman, or they seemed to always be around. And so, then, whatever direction it went, because the earth, the things coming out of the earth is dictating where we're going with this. I mean, it actually tells a story, and it kind of takes you back to that time. And some of the things you have to look up, which we did numerous times, and mm-hmm. figure out what it was, or is it worth something? And yeah. Well, that's the cool part of the hobby. But that's kind of the way we did it. I think that's why we had a hard time finding people who wanted to work on this <laughs> show, because there was so much unknown about it. But I just... I was really proud of, of the crew and our showrunner, Jenna. She she did awesome because she just had to learn how to go, you, go with the flow, which is so unusual in Hollywood. They want to know everything, sure. what's fixed to happen. But we're like, you know what? Whatever happens, let's deal with it and move on. And that's why it became more about the journey than the actual destination on what we find. Whatever happens, we'll make a show out of it. That's it. That's why we did it. So the joke is, you guys, uh, you're always going to be hunting something. It's ducks and it's treasures. Uh, I assume everybody in this world knows each other. You guys know Dog the Bounty Hunter. That could be the next. You could do a crossover where you could take him <laughs> duck hunting and you go hunt people. <laughs> yeah. I actually met him somewhere. <laughs> I met him once too. Yeah. He's a super nice guy. He really oh, was. Man. And he actually asked to go duck hunting. And <laughs> well, I, see? I, I was like... Come on, you, we're gonna need to put some face paint on you, and you're you're gonna need to wear, you know, not jewelry because it's too shiny. It would flare right. the ducks. <laughs> the show is uh, the new show, Duck Family Treasure. It's streaming on now on Fox Nation. Jason, Jeff, good to meet you, man. Thank you. Right, thanks. thanks for having us. Here's a look at the week ahead. Monday. Monday is National HIV Testing Day, established as an annual observance designed to promote testing for the disease. About 1.2 million people in the U.S. have HIV, with organizers saying about 13% don't know it and need testing. Tuesday. President Biden continues his European trip with a meeting with NATO members at a summit in Madrid. Also on Tuesday, primaries are set for Colorado, Illinois, New York, Oklahoma, and Utah. South Carolina is holding runoff elections ahead of the November midterms. Thursday. Many Americans will be heading out for the long 4th of July holiday weekend. AAA expects 47.9 million Americans will travel 50 miles or more from their home over the four-day period, with 42 million hitting the road. 
Friday. Drivers in California and Indiana will see an increase in the price at the pump as the states raise their gas taxes. This comes as the Biden administration pushes Congress to suspend the federal fuel tax for the summer. And that's a look at your week ahead. I'm Rich Dennison, Fox News. Precise, personal, powerful. Is America's weather team in the palm of your hands? Get Fox weather updates throughout your busy day, every day. Subscribe and listen now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Rate and review the Fox News Rundown on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. It's time for your Fox News commentary. Robert Jeffress. What's on your mind? Friday's Supreme Court ruling in the Dobbs case overturning Roe v. Wade is the greatest judicial reversal since Brown v. Board of Education overturned racial segregation in schools. This is not primarily a victory for Republicans or conservatives. It is a resounding victory for millions of yet-to-be-born children who will now get to live out their God-ordained lives. Friday's ruling is a sober reminder of the 50 years of havoc that Roe v. Wade left in its wake. 63 million children have been murdered in the womb since 1973. Without question, abortion has been the single greatest moral stain on our nation in our history. Today's ruling is a sober reminder of the 50 years of havoc that Roe v. Wade left in its wake. 63 million children have been murdered in the womb since 1973. Without question, abortion has been the single greatest moral stain on our nation in our history. As momentous as the ruling in Dobbs is, we need to remember that this is not an outright national ban on abortion. By overturning Roe, the court has simply returned the authority to regulate abortion back to the states. There will be an intense battle waged in all 50 states over this hot-button issue. The pro-life cause has won an important battle, but the war is far from over. Those who value life cannot afford to become weary in well-doing. The overturn of Roe is also an affirmation of the responsibility of Christians to get involved in the political process. There is only one reason Roe was overturned. In 2016, conservative Christians worked together to elect Donald Trump, and President Trump kept his promise to appoint pro-life justices to the Supreme Court. Both the left and the right agree that had Hillary Clinton been elected, Roe would still be the law of the land today. This week's historic ruling is a reminder that elections have consequences. Elected leaders determine policies that in turn determine the moral and spiritual direction of a country. In the 1940s, German Christians, with a few exceptions, remained silent as Adolf Hitler rose to power and murdered six million Jewish people. Thankfully, Christians in our country have refused to remain silent about the Holocaust of unborn children. Together, they effected a leadership change that in turn resulted in a policy change that will save millions of lives. Jesus called Christians to be both salt and light in Matthew chapter 5. 
In Jesus' day, salt was a preservative. While it couldn't prevent the decay of meat, it could delay the decay of meat. In the same way, Jesus left his disciples here on earth to delay the cultural and moral rot in our society so that we could have more time to present the hope and forgiveness Christ offers all people. But for salt to do its preserving work, it has to get out of the salt shaker and penetrate the meat. Thankfully, millions of Christians got out of the pews and penetrated the political world, resulting in Friday's historic Supreme Court ruling. Just as Christians led the way in the abolition of slavery and the fight for civil rights, Christians of this generation have been instrumental in protecting our most basic right of all, the right to life. This is Robert Jeffress for Fox News. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. New from the Fox News Podcasts Network. My name is Kennedy, and welcome to my podcast, which will, I humbly say, single-handedly save the world. You're welcome. It's Kennedy Saves the World. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Janice Dean, Fox News Senior Meteorologist. Be sure to subscribe to the Janice Dean Podcast at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to spread the sunshine.